you're listening to the College Golf Profiles podcast on collegegolfprofiles.com. Here's your host, Ryan Weggs. Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to the College Golf Profiles podcast. I am Ryan Weggs, and thank you for joining us for this week's episode. We are sitting down with Spencer Cross from the University of Tennessee. He's a senior there, finishing up his last season at the collegiate level. He's currently ranked 20th in the country, according to golfstat.com, and we have a great chat with him around what he's accomplished in his time in Knoxville as a volunteer, and then what he'll be working on to progress to the next level. Before we dive into the interview with Spencer, just a quick note on what we have coming up. Next week, we'll be talking with Roy Edwards, the coach at Colorado University. We've also got a great interview with Katie James, who's a senior down at SMU, and uh, really just building out a great calendar of interviews here for the rest of the season. And now on to our interview with Spencer. Spencer, thanks for coming on, man. How how are you doing on this uh, cool fall day, or winter day, as it were? Yeah, I'm do- I'm doing well. We're uh, we're back in Knoxville, get- getting some cold weather down here too. So uh, just just been hanging out. I'm actually on uh, on quarantine status right now. So oh yeah oh yeah. close contact. Or are you uh, you're positive? I I was a positive COVID COVID tester earlier this week. So I've just been just been hanging out, and so I don't have any symptoms. So just... okay, well that's good to hear. I'm glad you're at least feeling all right. So uh, that's got to put quite a damper on the end of winter break then. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't nice. Um, I was pretty sick a couple weeks ago and tested negative, so now I'm now I'm feeling good, ready to get back after it, and I can't do anything. So just hanging out. Uh, we got I got Jones Cup coming up in a couple weeks, so just trying to get get some reps in and get some work in before I head out there. Yeah, well, I mean, if there's a good if there's if there's a blessing or a silver lining there, however you want to put it, uh, missing a, the last week of winter break is a heck of a lot better than missing Jones Cup for sure. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's nice to get it out of the way right now for sure. So before we get into life in in Knoxville, um, just a, a little bit of your background. I know you grew up in Tennessee, and it seems like you were one of those kids that just you know was born with a golf club in their hand. Um, just give us a little bit of your background, uh, kind of how you got into the game so young, and, and kind of what what was it that sparked that interest for you so early on. Yeah, so I, I did get into the game at a young age. My grandfather, my my dad, kind of introduced me to it. Uh, dad kind of was in it from a business perspective. My grandfather played some state events and stuff like that, but got into it probably at the age of three, uh, just learning fundamentals through my grandfather. He taught me most of the stuff I knew at an early age. Um, and then I played basketball and baseball uh, as well as golf growing up. And then once I – kind of realized that golf was the path that I wanted to take. Um, that was probably my seventh or eighth grade year. Um, I started focusing on golf mainly in high school, played a little bit of tennis in high school as well, but uh, just just kind of grew up in it and started playing tournaments. So just worked my way up, uh, started getting recruited from a bunch of different schools, probably sophomore year high school, uh, won the state championship my junior year of high school and got an offer from Tennessee um, and kind of knew all along that that's where I wanted to end up. Um, had a few other offers from SEC schools, but Knoxville is a great place, and it's uh, it's hard to beat, especially with the momentum that we're building right now. Sure, and I mean, you grew up, what, about 35 minutes from Knoxville, so was it something, were you on campus a lot as a kid, or? Uh, not too much. I went to some football games, some basketball games. Um, wasn't in Knoxville a whole lot, but just 
uh, every time I would get to Knoxville, it felt like it felt like home. I mean, Sevierville, Tennessee is a little bit. There, there's a lot going on there. It's a great great place to grow up. A lot of stuff going on. Um, but Knoxville just was. I was comfortable in Knoxville, um, and then once I finally got here to uh, on recruiting visits and saw what it was actually about, saw what the university was from an academic perspective, saw what it was from a athletic perspective, I knew that this was the place for me. It's cool. I mean, I think it's fun. You know, I think a lot of folks when it comes to college recruiting and that you you do kind of start with that hometown kind of feeling. I mean, you guys have got a lot of local players on the team right now. Um, is that something that kind of came naturally through recruiting? Did you know a lot of these guys throughout the junior ranks? How, or did it just kind of one of those things that kind of fell into place? It kind of fell into place, oddly enough. I, I got recruited from uh, two former coaches who I, I played under my freshman year. And then my sophomore year, Brennan Webb and Bo Andrews came in. Um, and they, Brennan Webb was at Middle Tennessee, and he actually recruited me from Middle Tennessee. I, I, I declined my offer and my, my stance from Brennan at that point in time, but uh, everything worked out for a reason we're, where we're at now. So it's pretty cool. But he brought some guys over from uh, from Middle Tennessee, which were also like Knoxville guys at the time. So um, it kind of came out of nowhere with all the Tennessee guys like in Knoxville playing on the same team, which was really cool because uh, from, from a culture perspective, we, we grew up playing a lot of junior golf together, like you said. So we knew we knew each other, and uh, we knew how to play golf with each other. So once once everything started coming together in Knoxville, and we we started playing together a lot, um, and we started traveling and playing college events together. I mean, it it definitely developed a a culture that is different than what a lot of college teams are um, because it you don't have to develop those friendships. We we kind of already had those coming in, which was really cool, and which makes the team a lot a lot easier to grasp and a lot easier to travel with. You kind of mentioned there, and one thing I wanted to ask you about was, so you started out at, at Tennessee and you were recruited by Jim Kelson, who was there for 20 years. Um, did you have any kind of indication that he was going to, you know, be hanging him up or, you know, and then what was that transition like? Obviously you, you mentioned you knew coach Webb through recruiting at MTSU, but you know, obviously you're getting a new coach coming in after your first year on campus, what was that transition and experience kind of like? Yeah, it, it was a lot easier than I anticipated it to be. Um, I didn't really have a big heads up that Coach Kelson was going to be leaving, but I think it was kind of floating around in the air. Um, so once that's, that change actually happened um, and we found out that Coach Webb was coming to Tennessee, I think it was everybody was excited to get started. Um, he's Coach Webb is a tremendous leader, um, along with Bo Andrews, our assistant coach. So they kind of developed the moment that they came in. They instilled belief, and uh, they de- started developing a culture right from the get go for us, which was tremendous. And we had a we had a great first year under him, and we're continuing to build. Um, we're we're growing as a team and growing as a as a family. So I mean, it's it's cool to see. So when you're talking about that team culture, what are the what are those kind of things that that they've instituted since they came on board that were really uh, different from what you'd experienced in the past? Yeah, I, like I said, I think the one of the biggest things was belief. We he kind of came in with the same team that we had under the past coaches, so there wasn't a whole lot of changing going on um, in terms of what we have talent wise. So. We, he kind of came in and he and he saw what we were as a team and saw who we were as players um, and knew that there was 
there was room for improvement, but there was also stuff there that was kind of untouched. So um, the instilling the belief part was huge. Um, so once we got off and running, we knew that we could play with the best in the country. We're, we're the University of Tennessee. We play golf for a SEC school. There's no reason for us to be lacking. Um, and once we realized that, we kind of we kind of got off on the right foot and started started working harder. Um, that was a big big part of it. I mean, you kind of get complacent sometimes, which is not the greatest thing, especially at a school like this where you have everything that you need to get better. So being grateful um, was another part of it. I mean, like I said, you can kind of relax into the environment that you're in and kind of forget about what you actually do have. I mean, we have the best strength coach in the country, Greg Adamson. Um, we got a great nutrition program. I mean, we have everything that you could possibly need to be good at golf and, and be a good player and be a good person. Um, so just taking advantage of all the stuff that we do have at Tennessee was big. Um, it, it took, it took a lot. It, it, well, it didn't take a lot, but I mean, you got to hear it sometimes to be like, man, this is, this is what we actually have. We got to use it. So it, it was good. And I mean, we're still building on it. So. Obviously over, over the course of now four, four plus years that you've been there, um, I mean, the, the the scores speak for themselves. I mean, you're you're playing clearly some of the best golf that you've played, I would imagine, in your life. Um, so, what are what are the kind of the things that you've put into your game since you've been, you know, playing at the collegiate level? So, if if I take if I go back and look at Spencer and his senior year of high school versus the senior mm-hmm. year of of college, you know, put on a couple pounds, you know, you you're hitting the ball a little further. Those are the easy things. But what what's the biggest difference between those two guys? Uh, I would say the, the, the two biggest thing is two biggest things are simplicity and learning how to play golf. I would say that my, my time up to college and even my freshman year, I didn't really know how to play golf. I was out there just kind of hitting it, thinking that I knew how to play golf. But when you get on championship golf courses, you got to know where to place the ball. You got to know how to flight the ball. You got to know how to flight your wedges. You got to know how to control spin. Um, so, so from a, Golf perspective, I think that's one of the biggest things is just they've taught us how to get around the golf course and minimize our mistakes. And um, we use the decade system a lot, which has helped us uh, as a team. Um, so just just keeping it simple. I mean, I, I've I started working with uh, Bo Andrews, my assistant, uh, my sophomore year. Uh, now I'm kind of working with Brennan and Bo. So I've got both of my coaches helping me with it. But Honestly, we've been working on the same stuff for about three, three and a half years now. So that's that's one of the biggest things. I mean, I go to work every single day working on the same stuff, basically, that I worked on yesterday. Um, occasionally, I'll switch it up just so it doesn't get repetitive. But I've just been just trying to grind out the same stuff and not make it too complicated. So how, how do you keep it fresh at the practice range? So, I mean, look, I've, I've got a handicap that's – in the teens, if I'm being generous, probably. Right. Uh, and I get bored at the range and I'm definitely not there every day. So what are the kind of things you guys do at the range to kind of keep it fresh? Yeah, there's a bunch of different stuff and the range life isn't for everybody. Um, some people like being out on the golf course and getting work in on the, on the golf course in different shots, but you can also do that on the range. You can have competitions. We do a bunch of stuff, um, on our wedge range, uh, just one V one, uh, hitting greens closest to the pin, stuff like that. Um, we have, these wedge strip or not wedge strips, but they're range strips on the range. So they go out into the middle of the range with different, different lies, downhill lies, side hill lies, 
uh, uphill lies, whatever it may be, and we're just hitting the different flags, um, flighting our ball. Um, we implement a lot of a lot of push ups and a lot of burpees into our practice, uh, just for a little consequence. Uh, we do a lot of chipping and now putting. Now making stuff. it sound better for me, Spencer. Burpees are not <laughs> the thing that my range sessions need to make them more exciting for me. Yeah, I, I feel that, which which makes you want to hit hit a good shot. So it, it puts a little pressure on you, and I think that's a little bit of what what we do is just like we try to implement pressure like we would on a golf course. Um, we do a lot of we do an up and down game, um, which there's usually five or six of us in one group and we go to the same spot and we have to get, say if we're hitting a little harder shot, we got to get four out of six up and down. If we don't get four out of six up and down, we got to do 10 burpees and 15 push ups. So just kind of just getting in a rhythm and being focused is the biggest thing because you can get like, like we talked about, I mean, you get repetitive on the range. So whenever you're, you got something that you don't want to do on the other end, you kind of got to focus up and uh, get after it. So that's, that's one of the biggest things, which, which honestly makes practice a little bit more fun. Well, maybe I'll put that into my own practice regime. We'll see if the guys at the club like me doing burpees out there (laughs) on the practice screen, but that's, you know, it's the only way I'm going to get better. It seems. Um, So you, you talked about there kind of the instituting the pressure and kind of that one V one sort of competition. And, you know, this past fall, you went out at the SEC championship and, you know, four and zero in match play and just really had a tremendous weekend and you've got a, a pretty good match play record overall. Is there a certain part of your game or mentality that just gives you a, an edge in those kind of competitions? Uh, honestly, I haven't really thought about it just because I kind of, I try to play match play almost the same way I play any other round of golf. Um, I know what my game entails I mean, I may play somebody that hits it 35 yards past me every hole, um, but I have some. I have a lot of confidence in my iron and my wedges, where I can just continue to play my game and just eat eat away. So um, I think honestly, the the SEC match play this was the first year they did, it, and I think it's a great event, especially for um, college players because there's not a whole lot of uh, match play leading up to the national championship and SEC championship. So um, getting some match play under your belt is obviously great, but um, from my perspective, I mean, I just kind of go out and play match play about the same way as I'd play anything else. Obviously, there's certain circumstances where you may have to play away from a flag or play more conservative or play more aggressive, but overall, I mean, it's I, I take it about just the same way as I would if I'm in a stroke play event. In that regard, are you looking at obviously when you know you're in a match play situation, you you know exactly what you're up against. You're watching the guy that you're competing against hit every shot. You know exactly where they stand. Stroke play, you know you might be close to the top of the leaderboard. You might be at the bottom. How, how much are you watching the boards as you're going through an event? I typically try not to look at it very often, if at all. Um, I've had instances where it's worked for me to look at the board, but I've also had instances where it probably wasn't the best thing for me to look at the board. So I think from, from my perspective in the way I play golf, I enjoy just like playing my game. Um, I mean, obviously there's situations where you may have to make a couple birdies coming in. Um, and if that's the case, then I would like to know, but overall, I mean, if you, if you just put your head down and play what you're supposed to be playing, it's going to, it's going to pay off at the end. So you're coming up here. You were in your last semester at at, uh, at UT. You've uh, 
you've obviously been a, a part of, of the team and definitely a very interesting time for college athletes in general uh, with the institution of things like NIL. Have you seen that change in the way that kids are getting recruited coming into school or how, how has that kind of changed even your experience while you've been on campus? Yeah, it's definitely been a been a game changer in college athletics, no doubt. Um, Knoxville is a great spot to be in terms of NIL deals. Um, we get, we have a bunch of help and we have a bunch of community support. So um, I, I've, I've been fortunate enough to grab a few NIL deals in Knoxville. Um, obviously, my, my time is a little shorter than others um, graduating or finishing my college career this, this semester. So, um, but it's, it's a great thing NIL, not just for student athletes, but for the community, wherever you are as well. I mean, you have the opportunity to work with incredible local businesses, um, network, get to know people. Uh, so, I mean, I think the NIL, the NIL game is definitely growing at a rapid speed and, and, and there's a lot of room for opportunity. Um, but, Knoxville, I mean, obviously from a golf perspective, you are, you're a little bit lower down on the list in terms of NIL deals. I mean, you're not going to be bringing in the big bucks, but you do have the opportunity to meet new people and gain new deals. I mean, especially if you're looking to turn pro eventually, like if you're wanting to turn pro after school, these NIL deals can lead into much more. Um, But you also got to align yourself with companies that align with your own values. So you aren't, you're trying not to go get any and every NIL deal that you can get. You, for that, That's my perspective anyway. I mean, I, I, I would like to be involved with companies and people that that I respect and that respect me. So there, there's definitely an art to it. Uh, I, I, I still have a whole lot of learning to do about it, but there's, uh, there's a lot of potential and a lot of growth in Knoxville. Sure, someone like yourself uh, with a degree in marketing it's not hurting your chances of, of putting together a good deal, which is uh, a positive for you as well, I'm sure. <laughs> right. Um, right. Now, off the course, what are you doing to keep yourself busy these days? Uh, we do a whole lot of working out. Uh, we work out a lot in school, especially we're especially in the off season. Greg Adamson, I, I mentioned earlier, he's got us on a good workout schedule, so uh, working out a lot. I've gotten into yoga. I actually have a yoga NIL deal at Real Hot Yoga. Um, didn't think I'd ever be a yoga guy, but uh, I'm not very flexible and I figured that it could be a, it could be a use to me. Um, and I started doing it. I started once we ended the season uh, last semester. So I go to yoga a few times a week, which is great. It helps me a lot. Um, and then I've started a, I've started a nonprofit in Sevier County where I grew up. Um, with a couple guys that have helped me in the game, um, and that have been a bit of very, had a very big impact on my life, uh, as a person and as a golfer. Um, uh, so I, I've been pretty busy with that in Sevierville. Um, but overall, I mean, just, just making sure that I've got everything in, in line. Well, it doesn't sound like you're lacking for anything to go on to the schedule there. So it's gotta be extra <laughs> tough for you to be quarantined and not, not be able to be, uh, taking part in those kinds of activities. Um, look, looking ahead to the spring now, um, you mentioned you have the Jones Cup coming up. Um, obviously, you've got the, the rest of the spring season. You mentioned there a little bit going pro. You kind of alluded to that, and I know that that's, uh, that's kind of a goal. So if I were to ask you to, to look forward the next 18 months and t- tell me the dream scenario of, of what, you know, reaching all your goals would look like in the next 18 months? 
<sighs> I got them right here, right in front of me. I've got uh, win a college event, become one of the best wedge players in the world, Walker Cup team, Arnold Palmer Cup, All-American. I mean, those are my golf goals, obviously, but, I mean, those are more – a lot of those are more college-based, but – I've got, uh, I'm going to be playing the Canadian Tour Q School in the spring uh, in between a couple of our events. Um, so I'll, I'll be working towards that. Hopefully I'll be in Canada this summer. That's that's one of my big goals is to get it, get status on the Canadian Tour and then Corn Ferry Q School in the fall, get in, get Corn Ferry status. And then, I mean, 18 months from now, I'd love to be on the PGA Tour. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's my, that's my main, main goal, but obviously there's, there's bumps and there's different things that go into that that road that you're on. So um, just putting your head down and going to work every day is probably my biggest goal. I mean, you can't really get too caught up in everything that you're doing. Speak it into existence. That's what we try <laughs> to do around here. We're big believers in that. So it's, uh, it's exciting to hear. That's what you got going now in turn for with specific to the spring season. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned, you know, you're, you're about to head off into the sunset here. Um, looking back on, on your time, with the volunteers, what would you say is um, is going to be the thing that you're going to be most proud that you've left behind for the program? That's a tough one. Um, I think what we've built the past three years, not just myself, but as a team, has been unbelievable. Um, I think we've gotten this program back on the right track. Uh, Hunter Walcott, Tyler Johnson, all the upperclassmen. We had Reese Nevin and Braden Garrison – Chase Roswell, all these guys graduate last year. Um, so once once Webb came in, I mean, our goal was to change this program around. I mean, we were we were a top fifty program my freshman year, maybe maybe top sixty. So there was a whole lot of room for improvement, and we were kind of we were sitting too low for an SEC program and for what the potential that we had. So I mean, I, I'm really proud of the guys that I worked with, um, played golf with, and coached like been able to be coached by um that's probably my biggest and most proud moment through through the three and a half four years that i've had um with this coaching staff is that we've turned this program around um and i mean it's it's super exciting to see what it's going to be in the next five years and on after that in what way have you seen your own leadership style change over your time there and, and kind of becoming an upperclassman, what, what are the ways that you've been able to most impact recruits as they come in and then help, you know, your teammates grow? Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a great question. I, I was, I was part of all leaders program, uh, my sophomore year, uh, which is a program of, in my case, 19 student athletes, uh, at the university of Tennessee to, and, and through that program, we learn our leadership styles and we learn how to work in the community um, and educate, empower, and engage. Um, whether that's our team, our community, uh, around the world, we went we went to uh, Rwanda, Africa for two weeks and did did stuff over there. Um, so I mean, that class kind of boosted me in the right direction in terms of who I was as a leader, who I was as a person. Um, in my personal leadership style, um, I think one of the biggest things for me is just getting to know people, um, getting to know my teammates, um, instilling belief in them, instilling trust. Uh, th those are the, some of the biggest things that I've had, but I mean, like I said, you got to put your head down and go to work every single day. 
Um, there's, there's so many different ways to lead people. Um, you just got to find the style that works for you. And, um, I mean, like I said, I've been, I've been lucky enough to be surrounded by incredible guys, um, that have believed in me, um, as a leader, as a person. So over the past, uh, over the past three years, I was not really playing. I played a few tournaments my sophomore year and then I played as our sixth man pretty much my entire uh, junior year um, and then went on to be in the lineup and now I'm constantly in the lineup. So there's different, there's obviously different stages that you got to go to to get to the point where you're at in life. Um, but I've just, I've, I've been through, I feel like I've been through a lot of them uh, just, just through school, um, which has been a huge development stage for me. Um, and I've been very fortunate for it. We've got a couple of rapid fire questions here to close us out. All right. Uh, what what has been your favorite course that you've played in an NCAA event? Hmm. Uh. Let's see here. It's a tough one. Uh. Put me on the spot. Take Shoal your time. Creek's we can always edit it out. An <laughs> NCAA event. Shoal Creek's a good track. Um, up in Alabama. Uh, it's always a fun track to go play. We've gotten over there a good amount. Um, the honors course, unfortunately, I didn't get to go play it in an NCAA event. It got canceled this past fall. Um, but we get over to the honors a decent amount, which is obviously a, another great track. But that's a, that's a tough one. We get to we get to play a lot. My first event uh, ever at Tennessee was at the Prairie Club in uh, Nebraska. So I'd never been to Nebraska, but I was, I didn't know what to expect. I got out there and I was like, man, this is awesome. So it was, <laughs> it was a really cool golf course. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've, we've gotten to play a lot of good golf courses. It's tough to pick one. I'll take a break from the rapid fires for a second. Are there a certain type of course that you prefer to play that kind of fits your style better than another? I'd say there, uh, obviously uh, there is one that fits my style more, but I mean, I just enjoy good good golf. Um, I, I enjoy difficult golf courses, um, m- more so where you have to place the golf ball. Um, that's that's a little bit to my my advantage. Whenever you got to hit it straight off the tee, um, got to place it in the right spots coming into the greens. Uh, so so overall, yeah, I'd say tighter golf courses, more challenging. Back to the rapid fires. What's your favorite non NCAA golf course? Probably Augusta National. Augusta National or, uh, let's see, San Diego. San Diego's got some good tracks. Story Pines is one of my favorites. Uh, Congaree, Congaree uh, Golf Club in South Carolina is a good, good one. So, uh, like I said, I mean, you put these golf courses up, It's kind of, once you start saying them, it's kind of hard to rank them. No, no doubt. What What's the number one course left on your bucket list? Uh, Tara Edie. It's in New Zealand. I've got a, actually my, one of my good buddies, uh, Jake Meanhorst. I played golf with him here at Tennessee for, for a few years. He was my, my roommate. Uh, and he's, he caddies out there. He's back in New Zealand right now. Um, so I bet we've been talking about it for years going out there and play that, that golf course. And, uh, maybe one of these days. Who's your favorite player on tour right now? I'm gonna go Peter Molinati. 
Yeah, he he's a Knoxville he's a Knoxville guy. I play a lot of golf with Peter. Um, he's he's a great dude. Uh, I enjoy being around Peter on and off the golf course. So uh, he he is he's helped me a lot in my game, and we have similar games. Uh, and just seeing him grow and watching him play golf is pretty cool. In terms of what it's going to take you to make it on the Canadian Tour this summer, Corn Ferry PGA Tour. What's going to need to happen in your game between now and then to make that happen? Uh, that's a good question. I'd say, honestly, I mean, there's obvi- there's a lot that needs to improve. Uh, mental, from a mental perspective, it, there needs to be some improvement. Um, that, that's always one of the biggest things for me that I've I've tried to take advantage of. We have a mental coach here in Knoxville um, who I try to see as often as I can. And just continuing to grow in that perspective and learning what makes me play good golf um, day in and day out. Because obviously you're not going to have great great days all the time, but you got to realize who you are as a player and what makes you play good golf. Um, so I think that's one of the biggest things. I've got to continue to get really good with my wedges, um, get, get really good with my wedges in short game and just can continue to work. I mean – it's not going to be easy, but nothing. The best stuff is never easy. So um, I'm just looking forward to continuing to what I'm doing now, um, and just looking to get better every day I can. Spencer, this has been a lot of fun. I appreciate you taking the time to come on, especially being under the weather. Uh, we wish you the best of recoveries. Good luck this spring, and we're we're looking forward to all the things you're going to do in the next 18 months and beyond. Awesome. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate you having me on.